It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Tom Scarda. And as you may know, I am a franchise consultant by day and a podcaster uh, by night. (laughs) So I own a business that matches people with franchise opportunities based on skills and personality and goals, kind of like the e-harmony of business is what I like to call it. And I help people understand the franchise industry and whether it's the right fit for them or not. And I work with folks that are frustrated with their career and cringe at the thought of going to work in the morning. I work with people also that want to diversify their investments and, and get into a business that will give them dividends uh, as they retire on their tropical island in the Caribbean. So anything and everything you want to ever know about franchising, this is the place to come by and find out all about it. I also am the author of Franchise Savvy, a number one bestseller uh, on Amazon in the uh, business book section. And also I have a course on how to buy a franchise A to Z, everything you need to know. Uh, And that's all on my website, thefranchiseacademy.com. Today, I am interviewing someone from outside of franchising and someone who brings a wide breadth of knowledge in investing, which is a big part of this platform. So I'm bringing today um, a great guy by the name of Roger Corey. So Roger is an expert in in market forecasting, and he developed an innovative type of... um, Um, kind of tool that you can use called market vulnerability analysis, which enables market participants, meaning stock market uh, investors, to achieve consistent and sustainability in the performance and results of their stock portfolio. And so if your stocks are doing well, then it'll give you the ability to diversify into franchising someday. So I want to uh, welcome in Roger. Hello, Roger. Thank you. Hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, this is so great. I'm so uh, happy to have you on. So I, I just got to kind of dive right in. I mean, this is so interesting and, and, and kind of the angle that you take in, you know, looking at stocks. Um, what is a market vulnerability analysis? So that's a great question. Um, people get confused all the time with that. Um, if you think about just kind of the word vulnerability, the last thing you and I or anybody watching wants to be vulnerable to a downturn or to a bad experience, right? So being able to analyze when and where our investments are at risk, where there's a vulnerable uh, time that we can experience a significant correction or even a crash. We'll talk about how we can actually forecast those pretty accurately. I've been doing them (laughs) since what, well, publicly for, for about 10 years now. But um, it's a fascinating aspect that allows you to look at the uh, stock market, the futures market, commodities, really anything that, that you can throw on a price chart, financial markets. It, it looks at it kind of from a holistic 360 degree uh, perspective. Think about like if you buy a diamond, you want to buy a diamond, you never look at one facet of a diamond. You look at all facets to make sure there's not a flaw on the other side, which would dramatically change the value of that and the quality of that diamond, right? Sure. So most professionals, which means absolutely all amateurs and retail <laughs> investors, 
um, look at one, two, or maybe three aspects when they're analyzing the market, usually fundamental analysis, they'll use technical analysis, they might use um, some, some news and that sort of thing. But that's about the extent of what they'll look at to make an investment decision. What I found really kind of through serendipitous events in my life was there's actually eight major factors that drive price up and down in the, in the markets. And if we're looking at only two or three of them, you're gonna be blindsided by five others. You have no idea that they're there and you don't even know why the market took a hit, right? Now people can speculate, people can, um, can say, oh, well, well, this thing triggered the market. What's interesting is, uh, do you remember when Chipotle um, actually took a quick, a very rapid decline? It was a crash because of the E. coli breakout, people were dying? Oh yeah. Now, you and I can think logically, well, that was because of E. coli, um, the market crashed. But Tom, what if I told you that several weeks before, Chipotle stock was already in an environment where anything could trigger a massive correction. And if you could see that the environment is conducive for a correction, you could now take defensive action. So that thing wasn't as surprising as some might think. Now that sounds probably a little bit kind of like mysterious and magical, but really isn't. Uh, the best analogy I can give you is you and I couldn't walk under a clear blue sky and suddenly have it thunder and lightning and storming overhead, right? It takes clouds to form and that takes time. But just because you have clouds over your head doesn't mean it's going to rain, right? So it takes a certain environment to cause those clouds to produce rain. And that takes time. Well, if those things, those factors that cause a thunderstorm to occur take time to build, they're identifiable, well, that makes that forecastable. So you might have you know, the chance of a thunderstorm coming in your town, you know, 80%, 90% chance. You still have a 10% chance it might not. But if you know you've got an 80, 90% chance for a thunderstorm, wouldn't you kind of take appropriate action? You, you kind of change your plans a little bit, right? Right, yeah. That is market vulnerability analysis that looks at all of the eight major factors of supply and demand that cause prices to move. And so we're able to forecast very accurately when, where, right? in any market, the environments are now conducive for significant correction or a crash. So there's a, on my website at raiseyourfinancialiq.com, um, there's a case study and there's a little educational path there. One of the, one of the videos will, will show a, uh, a, a, uh, at the time when the coronavirus was, was happening, right? We were able to forecast the coronavirus crash, okay? And it's in and there's and there's videos of other crashes that happened before that in, in 2018, 2015 crashes. And I think it gives people a perspective, some hope that, hey, look, having investment capital and making money in the markets is one thing. Keeping it is entirely another, right? Mm -hmm. So knowing how to keep your money is so important. And I think it's really important for those who have money that's been uh, growing in the markets. It's so critical that they're able to uh, take a little more control over how they manage that money. One of the things that they could do to take control is obviously um, taking some of those gains and putting them into a franchise, which, which the, the, really the benefit of a franchise, I wish I would have met you 10 years ago, <laughs> but which, you know, it's, 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 it's amazing. You know, when you meet someone, you're like, ah, oh, where, where have they been all my life? But, but the thing is um, when you put it in a franchise, 
the benefit of a franchise is the fact that someone's already figured out what not to do and left you with what is the thing to do so that you can repeat that and duplicate that and grow. So again, franchises are great opportunities that you're making available and with all the wealth of knowledge that you bring to the table, it's a great way to help people avoid learning the hard way, making those costly mistakes that can make take them years to make up, right? Well, right. Right. the first thing I think that people have to do is know how to manage that money because if you've got money you put in a franchise, great. Now, now the franchise makes money. Well, what are you going to do with the money that the franchise makes? You're probably going to want to parlay that into other franchises, but you're probably going to want to have some retirement 401k. You want to have some dividend yielding stocks. you know. So you want to have a multifaceted approach to kind of cover yourself on both ends, right? So investments in the market, delegating them out to a professional who makes money most of the time, whether you win or lose, because they're just they're, they're charging you fees for managing that money, that, that person doesn't necessarily have your best interest at heart, okay? No matter how good of a friend they are, no matter how much lip service they pay you, you know, they also are depending on your money there to maintain their paycheck, aren't they? So there's a little bit of an interesting kind of dilemma there, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of them don't want to rock the boat. So you might not get great performance, but you might not take the biggest hit. But one of the funniest things I always get is when someone says, oh, I, you know, the, when the market crashed 50%, I only, I only lost 30%. Like, that's a good thing? <laughs> what do you, what is, so your money manager was did you a great service by only losing 30% instead of 50%? Come on. Why not hang on to the majority of your money, right? Making money and keeping it is a little bit of a skill that I think everyone should take the time to invest in. Yeah, I think that it's important for everyone to understand how their money works. And there's a lot of gurus out there that will tell you, learn how it works and don't, you know, get a coach, but don't just give it to somebody and not think about it. And that's where a lot of people, I think, get in trouble. So, you know, whether you're a great, you know, golfer or a great, you know, any sports or, in, in, you know, really any, um, in acting, I mean, these people have, coaches everybody has coaches so you're like a coach for somebody that is in the uh stock market investing is that right yeah i I mentor and coach people all the time i only take a limited number of people per year so that i make sure that i have the time and availability for them and my clients become like family to me so i i I love their i'm an if you can't tell, I'm, I'm I'm an extrovert, so I love people. So I love having relationships with people, and and it's just it's a fun way to be able to leverage my expertise and what I've done for myself to help others do for themselves. But I think you're you're right. Um, without accountability, uh, people tend to drift. It's very natural to drift. So when it comes to something with like money that has a, a lot of emotional draw to it very different than any other type of endeavor. Um, it's so critical that you have that accountability piece. Um, study after study shows that, you know, when we um, go into anything, our rate of success and our ability to profit goes up by a minimum of 400% when we have accountability. So that's why I, I really believe strongly in the mentoring coaching aspect. And of course you provide the training and the foundation for them to be able to build off that. A lot of people are intimidated, Tom, by um, the investments. It's, well, I've, I've never invested. I'm, you know, I, I don't know anything about the stocks. I don't know, but you don't have to know anything. It's funny, some of our best clients are the ones who have zero experience. <laughs> Because, yeah, because they don't have any bad habits or baggage they come with. They come in and they just follow directions because they don't want to make a mistake. And that's all I ask for is like, look, if you just follow my directions, I'll guarantee your success. I'll guarantee your outcomes. Okay, because it's it's like building a cabinet. It's a process. If you you do what I tell you to do to build a cabinet, 
it's impossible for you not to have a cabinet at the end of that process. <laughs> so right. it's not, I'm going to hope and try. It's, it's something that's very solid that I can actually put in writing and say, no, if, if you do what I'm telling you, I guarantee you'll be consistent. You'll be confident. You'll be uh, stable and you'll know how not to give money back. And, and if I may, I'll give you one example. I had one gentleman who, uh, who's a client. He's got his retirement portfolio and he's got, he's, he's got a career and he used the methodology to figure out, Oh, we get, we just hit a new high in the, in the market just before the coronavirus thing kind of took off. And when the market pulled back just a little bit, he gave back just, just a very small percentage, but he saw through market vulnerability analysis, this thing has suddenly shifted gears in like one day. And now we have an environment that's conducive for a significant downturn. So he immediately called his manager, his money manager, right? Who takes care of the 401k, his, his long-term portfolio. And he says, Hey, can you move my money into cash? So he moved all his monies into, ca into, into cash. And then in his little brokerage account, he took a short on the S&P 500. And so then the market, as you know, what happened for coronavirus, it just, you know, it took a massive dump, right? He made 35% on his brokerage account in two days, and he saved himself the 30 plus percent downturn on his major long-term retirement fund. And then when it kind of started to recover, bottomed out, he was able to ride a good portion of the upside. So that's the best of both worlds, isn't it? Right. You know? So you just need somebody to show you how to do that. And that's, exactly and that's right. kind of where you come in and, and act as, as that coach. The accountability is unbelievably true yeah. um, in really anything that you do. And as they say, what you look at, what you concentrate on grows. So if you're concentrating on your numbers, those numbers will grow. That's right. But if you're looking away, I mean, it's the same. I was on um, a Peloton bike that, that my wife had to have. And, um, and they tell you, you know, watch your cadence. And you're looking down and, and at the numbers. And I noticed that every time I would, like, look up and then look down at the numbers, they always dropped. And so I look at it, concentrate on it, and it would go up. And, and, and so you always have to be looking at your numbers. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and it's, you know, I think people kind of feel like, oh, it's just a lot of work. It's, it's too much. Really, it's just a, it's a very part-time effort during the week. So you can have a full-time endeavor and do this a little bit, just, just a little bit before that you go to work or start your day in the morning, or you can do it in the evening. There's no time of day that has to, that you have to, you know, plug into it. It's, we're in a, interesting time in our in our lives to be able to engage in in things where 24 hours a day things are open and available to us it's no longer limited to certain time slots and that's a real privilege and it's a great opportunity for people that are listening to take advantage of and know that hey look the less you know probably the better you're going to do especially I, I had this one <laughs> i had this one client who had a lot 10 years of experience he came to me and he um, and his wife and, and him came over and they met with me for dinner. And she was a little bit frustrated with him because he wasn't really doing what he was supposed to do with what I taught him. She's like, you know, I got to ask you, Roger, why is my husband kind of just seemingly stuck in place? He's not he's not kind of moving forward. And I said, well, that's interesting. I looked at her husband. I said, do you want to answer your wife? And he's kind of smirked, a little, chuckled a little bit. And she's like, what? It's like, um. Just I'm, I just need to do what Roger tells me to do. I'm not doing what he's telling me to do. Well, why aren't you just telling doing why? Why wouldn't you just do that? He's like, I just he's an engineer, by the way. He's got to he's got to break it down, reverse engineer it, figure it out. How to it's like I just gotta know how he figured this out. I gotta know how he did this. You know, 
I've been trying this for 10 years. I've never been, I've invested in all these courses and programs and no one's ever figured out what Roger figured out. I got to figure out how he figured it out. It's like, why don't you just do it? You're wasting all this time. And so she said, and then she says this, she says, oh, I wish I had the brains for this. I said, what do you mean? She's like, oh, you know, Roger, I'm, you know, I'm retired. We're in our sixties. I've, you know, we were high school sweethearts, you know, didn't go out and have a career. Don't have any academic background or business knowledge. You know, my husband's the brains of the family. I, I just, you know, I've homeschooled the kids and been a homemaker. I said, wait a second. What, why you talk like that's a disqualification. <laughs> She's like, well, I'm just, you know, I'm not the sharpest pencil in the box. I said, no, hold on a second. That's wrong. Don't say that about yourself. Number one, number two, that how you see yourself actually is a bonus. She's like, what do you mean? I said, that will have you running circles around your husband. If you mm -hmm. want to learn this news for yourself, she's like, are you kidding me? I said, no. She says, you think I can do this? I said, of course. And so someone who's, you know, enjoying their gold, trying to enjoy their golden years, right? Looking at, you know, they're in the retirement phase, no academic background, no investment experience, no business experience, simple person. And like four months she was up and she was literally running circles around her husband. And he's like, what are you, how are you doing? That's like, I'm just doing what Roger told me to do. Right. <laughs> Instead of trying to figure out and ticket with it and track my own way. Yeah. So, so I, I, I say that I want to share that story with you and with your audience, just to let people know if you're intimidated by money and investments, don't be, you know, when you've got, you know, we've got a simple process that gives you a very holistic understanding of what you're dealing with in a simplistic way. It's visually intuitive. There's nothing to be intimidated about, you know, and it's just like a franchise, you know, it, it's, it could be, you know, anything that you don't know, it's intimidating. And that's why guys like, like Tom are obviously here. It's like, like why, why guys are like myself, we're, we're, we've kind of kind of dug up that path, figured out what not to do to help people avoid that hardship and that pain. And, you know, some people just love teaching and are very rewarded by it, like myself and I, obviously, Tom, you know, there's just a, such a satisfaction to be able to share with others. And so I just hope to encourage people who are a little bit intimidated by this stuff. Don't be. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and we also find in franchising the same thing. People that are not former business owners or people that, you know, don't have a very high education in business or finance do really, really well because they just, quote unquote, follow the system. That's right. And, and there's some franchises out there, as an example, um, Supercuts Haircutting is, is a good example. If, if you have a, a barber's license or a beautician license, they will not grant you a franchise. Interesting. And that is counterintuitive on the face of it. But when you think about really what business ownership is, they don't want you to be that person that's in the store and you're and you know Sally calls in sick and you're like okay no problem I'll cut some heads today and then the next day and then you're like hey maybe I don't need Sally and now you just bought yourself a job wow. and, and you plateau and you don't go anywhere. Wow. And, and so it's it's interesting that that you know the the you know fathers, the grandfathers of franchising figured that out a long time ago. And and it's like you know if if you're an accountant, you don't need an H&R block. That's right. <laughs> and an H&R block probably won't grant you a franchise because you're coming with all sorts of baggage and bad habits. It's so true. You know, Tom, that's, you know, we're our worst enemy, right? Mm -hmm. I, I love one of your videos you did on 
do you think like a tenant or do you think like a landlord? You, and I'm not going to spoil it, okay? But but if if you guys you know get a chance, go to, go on his YouTube and just just check out tenant or landlord with with Tom. Um, that was a great analogy, and I love that. And it's so true. We can really be our own worst enemy. We can kind of um, create stumbling blocks that don't exist. You know, you probably heard the the acronym for fear. F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. Most things that we're afraid of, you know, almost never happen. It's all in our head. It's imagined, right? And we make things harder than they really are. But I think really there's a wisdom in, look, the process is what delivers the results you want. So whether it's a franchise, whether it's in doing investment analysis that you, you know, not only do you make gains, but you know how to keep them also, right? Don't wake up with a bad experience. Um, it's always about applying the process that's going to deliver those results. Absolutely. So I wanted to ask you this question that I actually wrote down. So yeah. how do you feel learning the skill of accurately forecasting the markets? How does that compare with franchising? So franchising and, and accurately forecasting the markets, if, if somebody's watching this show, th this is probably the, the most valuable piece of information you can get. Franchising and market vulnerability analysis are both proven processes, right? That have, you could say, safeguards against failure, right? Why do you want to buy a franchise? Because you don't want to go out, be guinea pig, and test something that's unproven. So you, so if you buy a franchise, you've already got a proven concept. Mm -hmm. You're going to walk in, and right out of the gate, you're going to enjoy success without any of the learning curve, the nasty learning curve, right? Now, you'll, it's going to take some work. It's going to take some effort, but nothing worth it in life comes like that, right? But it's not really that hard either, right? And market vulnerability, vulnerability analysis is also a process that allows you to go into the market and see with total objectivity. And that's, impo that's an important word because most of people's analysis is subjective, subjective yeah. to their interpretation subjective to where they're at, what they're doing, who they're talking to. But when you have market vulnerability analysis, a hundred people can look at the same thing and all agree. Kind of like if you and I sat in your car and we wanted to go down a, a 250 mile drive and you only have a quarter of a tank of gas in your car. You and I both know that with a quarter of a tank of gas, there's no way that car is going to take us 250 miles down the road, right? But we, if we filled up, no problem, right? That is that objective. And it's visually intuitive. So there's no going to the engine, cracking open, trying to figure out how much gas is in there and how it, no, it's, it's a visual thing that tells you what you can expect that car to do. And so market vulnerability analysis gives you that visual instant understanding of where's the market at environmentally? Do we have a sunny day or is it kind of stormy? <laughs> and what's funny is most people don't realize it's usually stormy in the markets 70 to 90% of the time. So that means only 10 to 30% of the time at most is it actually conducive to be involved where you're productive and you're, you're able to make steady, consistent profits without much of the downside risks available during that, those moments versus other moments where you're, you, you're going to be up, but then you can ride back down. And so a lot of people are used to holding these downturns that are uncomfortable and they're hoping they'll recover. And so now that we've had these multiple years of a bull run, a lot of people make money kind of feel smug. They feel kind of like they did something good. They've got all this money. But what happens when the market turns becomes a bear market? What happens when it corrects significantly and keeps correcting or crashes? Suddenly, those people kind of disappear. And so I think it's really important to protect against that. And market vulnerability analysis will give you the ability to limit 
and restrict your downside risk in the market, but without limiting or restricting your upside capital in a very unique way. And it's mm. through that control, through that process. So it's not about trying to shoot for a specific financial outcome or a goal. Um, the goal should be to apply the process as diligently as possible because the process is what delivers the results. But if you do that, the, the, pro the process promises the ability to be steady, consistent, and perform better than, than most people think they can, they can achieve. Absolutely. And, and you say that you can kind of guarantee those results, but I know you work with very selective people. Yes. So how do you, how could you guarantee, um, you know, results, um, you know, versus telling somebody, Hey, just stay away from uh, investing in stocks. <laughs> I love it. That's a great question. So the results that I guarantee is the ability to outperform the market and the ability to be consistent and the ability to have confidence and total objectivity if you apply my process properly. And both of us would know that, hey, I taught you this. Can you see this? You know, when there's a quarter tank of gas, you tried going 250 miles down the road without stopping for, for gas. It, it, do you, you know, was that part of the process? No, it's not. They'll know when they're breaking the rules. They, they'll know when, when, when they did something foolish. It's because it's literally that objective. And mm -hmm. so I guarantee results because I can't tell you I'm going to guarantee you're going to make X percent, right? I can't, that's impossible because making money in the markets is going to be the only subjective thing about making money is going to be what the market makes available to you and then your ability to apply the process correctly. So those are the two things. So I can't go create more opportunity. I can only identify when it's there and when the odds are stacked strongly in my favor to apply my, my process to have a successful outcome, right? Where I can see visibly what risk I have to take into account and how much reward there is. And that, by the way, that's a, that leads me to a very important point. We never go into the market um, or stay in the market when we see that there's more downside risk than there is at least in reward or return, right? Mm -hmm. For the, to, yep. to be able, and where the odds are in our favor. So in other words, you have to have a, an 80 to 90% probability of hitting your target. And you have to have at least the ability to make as much in return as you're willing to risk or more. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes, so it makes that, a lot of sense. That's what allows me to guarantee their, their results in terms of their success. But, but in terms of performance, Performances, um, I can tell you that anybody who applied my methodology properly in the last 10 years, I have I don't have a person that hasn't outperformed the market, mm. but by how much that's going to be subjective to each person's personality, how they're wired, how how they apply it. Well, you know what? It's it's so synonymous with franchising, the way you explain that. It's actually brilliant because it's the same thing with franchising. People, you know, like want to just throw money at a franchise because they think it's a good franchise, but they're not looking at the eight criteria that make a good franchise. They're just like, Oh, but I like the food There's always a line. That's not a reason for success in yeah. your success. And so you have to understand what your role is. So every franchise company um, has, you know, the franchise owner has a role and you could be making a million dollars, you know, a day in a business, but if you hate the role, that money gets old really fast yeah, and you end up losing the money because you mentally fall away and then everything else will crash. Just, just like, 
you know, in stock. So you can't, you know, you can't be infatuated with a franchise just like you shouldn't be infatuated with a stock. That's right. Right. And, and you have to understand the universe it lives in and, you know, to use those criteria that you're using to identify the, the predictiveness of what's going to happen. Um, we do kind of the same thing in franchising is, you know, the, you, everybody knows to look at the return on investment. Yeah. Okay. But there's so much more that goes into a great business model. And there's so much more that goes into a great stock uh, or a great stock pick. So I think that's um, spot on coming from where you're coming from. I, I love that you shared that aspect because that's another aspect people don't really uh, give too much time and credence to, which is the emotional and mental aspect. I mean, if you buy a franchise just because it's successful, but you're hating it, that's money that's going to probably end up blowing up in your face, isn't it? Like you just said, because people will start to kind of work against themselves because they'll, they'll start to kind of slip at things they kind of hate doing, you know, and they don't want to do it. And so, and with the process, same thing. So one of the things that I do is evaluate people before I allow them, um, before I accept them into my, uh, into my training, because I want to look at the personality. I want to look at their situation. I want to look at their circumstance. And, you know, just because you've got money doesn't mean that you're going to be a good candidate. Um, people are always shocked and it's always very awkward. It's one of the worst conversations, or one of the worst parts in my conversation with someone is when I have to tell them, this really isn't good for you. You shouldn't be thinking about this at all. <laughs> you know, <laughs> go think about something else. This is not, you're, you're going to self-destruct over here. I don't care how much money you have. Um, but, you know, I think having humility is such a critical component and ego is, is coming to something like this with an ego is, is going to be detrimental. Mm -hmm. Um an open mind, you know, the, the mind only works like a, a parachute. It works when it's open. Yep. You can't come with your own ideas. You got to you gotta be willing to submit to a process that's already figured out, it's proven, it's tested, you know. Um, and like you said, there's a criteria for picking franchises. There's a criteria for, for understanding when it's time and, uh, to be in the market, when you should be out, or when you should be taking defensive action, at least, at minimum, right? So the mental aspect, I think, is so important. I Part of what I teach is not just the process of analyzing, but also understanding the wisdom of, well, Roger, but I can forecast the markets going from here to there. And I, and I can see that the odds are really good that's going to go from, from here to there. Uh, and and um, that there's enough return uh, for the risk that I'm going to be taking. Why can't I take this, th this position? Well, because aren't you also forecasting that you're in an environment that's very stormy? Well, yes, but still, no, no, no. Don't focus on the money. Focusing on the money will blindside you. Here's right. something that most people don't take into account. If you have to be in the market during a very stormy time and you're watching, you've, you've actively taken a position in the market, your emotions, you're under stress. And so when you're under stress and emotional, the first thing that happens is you become subjective and you lose sight of the objectivity and you start to make mistakes and you start to make decisions that work against yourself. And even though you know what's going to happen, you'll actually end up doing destructive things that won't hit you, get you to the results. And a great analogy, I love analogies, and I think you do too. So yep. a great analogy is if you're running late to an important appointment, you know how to drive a car. You know the rules of the law, the, the, the land, right? The, the driving and everything, right? But what happens when you're late? You start to push that car a bit harder. You start to drive more aggressively. You push the envelope and you're more likely to get now your, your risk for getting a speeding ticket or getting an accident increased dramatically because you're, you're now driving that car differently because you're under pressure than you would if you were driving it without any pressure. 
Mm-hmm. So pressure is such a critical aspect. And for you, when you're helping people pick franchises, which is what I love, is you also look at that aspect of, look, are you going to really, don't look at the money here. Okay, the money's important, but but not more important than your ability to enjoy what you're doing and not right. let it be stressful to you, right? And so I look at the same thing and I teach people the same thing is just don't get into stressful situations, even if it has a high probability to hit the target, because that's going to eventually feed on itself. And, and you just, you're, you're going to, you can't help but do destructive things. Right. We're if only want, human. If you want the pressure and the stress, just keep your job. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is great, Roger. I love this insight. Um, and, and it's so, I'm actually surprised how synonymous it is with franchising. It is so great to have you on Thank the you. podcast. How can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about your products and services? Yeah. So one of the best ways is to go to raise your financial IQ.com raise your financial IQ, just the letter I letter Q com. And there's a case study there. Uh, there's um, a, a nice kind of a four part series of, of education that, so that help them understand and see all the different examples and those proof elements and, and, and just a, a path where they can open their minds and see a different um, aspect of the market that really is an innovative first. I think one of the things that it's going to require for most people to do is, is have a little bit of a paradigm shift because it's also very counterintuitive, very much like supercuts. You know, if you, <laughs> they won't take somebody who's got experience because they want them to follow the system and not come with their own ideas and, and put their own spin on it. Now, it's okay if you've got experience, right? But you have to be coming to this knowing that you're, you're willing and totally ready to commit, you're resolved to commit and submit to the process and not to submit to tinkering and doing your own thing with it. I think that's important. So if you go to raiseyourfinancialiq.com, you'll find uh, that there's an opportunity there to get that information. And um, I look forward to meeting those who uh, meet the requirements and end up booking an evaluation with me. Yeah, that's great, Roger. And uh, all that information will be on our website, thefranchiseacademy.com. So you may check it out there. Let's just see if... um, this is a great fit for you. I, I definitely encourage you to ro- reach out to Roger and uh, understand what his offer is. And um, just want to thank you for being on, Roger. Thank you and for having me. This is, a, this is a lot of fun. It was, it was a pleasure. Great. Yeah, this is really good and um, very different, but good for the Franchise Academy folks. So Absolutely. thanks again, and, uh, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Take Tom. Care. Take care. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.